0: This is America on the Road, winner of the International Automotive Media Conference Gold Medal Award for Radio, and now in its 27th year on the air. Thanks for being with us as we bring you the latest automotive information from around the world. It's New York Auto Show Week, and so the new model introductions are coming thick and fast. We'll tell you all about many of the major ones, including new vehicles from Honda, Kia, Toyota, and Lucid. The newest Lucid EV has an amazing amount of horsepower, and we'll give you the details coming up. America on the Road is brought to you by Mercury Insurance at drivingtoday.com. If you're looking to save some money, you should switch to Mercury for your auto and home insurance. Californians save an average of $670 with Mercury. So imagine how much you could save. Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com. Hi, I'm Jack Nerad. With me is co-host Chris Teague. Chris back from a week off. Uh, Chris lives at one end of the country. I live at the other. Each week we get together to talk about cars, about the latest news in the auto industry. And I'll tell you, Chris. I'm glad to have you back. What's going on in your world?
1: Well, today uh, enjoying what's a little bit what little bit of the day is left of my birthday, I should say. Uh, Spent most birthday of the day you? Yeah, how wonderful! But uh, really looking forward to some warmer weather here. Uh, gearing up to go to Florida next week, so I'll be enjoying uh, the tropical weather in Disney. But here in Maine, things are moving a little slow. How about your side of the world?
0: Yeah, uh, it is a slow week. Uh, you know, it being Easter week and all that stuff. I mean, you know, we're right before Easter here. I think a lot of people are on vacation, so uh, that's good for traffic here in Southern California. That's that's certainly a good thing. But uh, yeah, we're we're easing up onto. Uh, a big vacation day for many, many people. We're also easing up onto a, uh, a great guest for everybody. Her name is Christina Vazandani. She's a Volvo senior product manager and expert on the all-new C40 Recharge, their most recent EV. We'll talk with her about that, about the electric vehicle, how it fits into Volvo's plans to concentrate on electric vehicles. I think, Chris, you'll probably have some thoughts on that. But uh, what is your vehicle uh, as a test vehicle this week, Chris?
1: I just spent a week with the 2022 Ford Maverick. This is the base XL model with the hybrid powertrain. It's quite an interesting truck, and I think it'll be great for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's one heck of a bargain, too. At least that's my quick take on it. I got the chance to drive the 2022 Toyota 4Runner TRD Pro. That's a sport utility with strong off-road credentials, and I drove it about 600 miles in this past week. I went up and Visited one of my daughters at college. We were all over the place in this thing. So we had a chance to drive it mostly on-road, but we can talk a bit about both on- and off-road ability of this vehicle. So all that and so much more is coming up uh, when we bring you the most important auto-related news from around the world. Like I say, New York Auto Show stuff, so a lot of introductions, maybe more than I had guessed. So stay with us for that. With Chris Teague, this is Jack Red with you, and we're so happy you're with us right here on America on the Road. Welcome back to America on the Road. It is news time. It is New York Auto Show time too uh, with Chris Teague. This is Jack Red with you. We're so glad you're with us. And we have some exciting vehicles to talk about, including the new Lucid Air Grand Touring performance model that has more than 1,000 horsepower, 1,050 horsepower. Like I said, added 50 horsepower is, is very necessary to, to make it the performance model. This vehicle, according to Lucid, Will accelerate from zero to sixty miles per hour in two point six seconds. My Chris, what <laughs> what is your take on that? Uh, a luxury sedan that'll go from zero to sixty in two point six seconds.
1: Oh, uh, somebody's gonna reach into their radio and try to hit me over this. But when was the last time you needed to go two point five seconds to sixty in everyday traffic? I can't can't think of a single single time that I. Needed it, but man, those are just bragging rights numbers, Jack. I don't see there's no practical reason to have it. Uh, but it's really cool to be able to pull up and say, you know, my car's got a thousand fifty horsepower. What does yours have?
0: Right? I think, it, in some ways, it is a byproduct of other things that they're offering. Part of it is range, part of it is just the efficiency of, of the way they do things with their 800 volt system. To me, uh, beyond this 2.6 seconds, zero to 60. Maybe the most uh, amazing thing here is the EPA estimated driving range of 446 miles. That's pretty amazing for a vehicle with uh, any horsepower, a lot less than 1,000 horsepower. Another thing that's maybe a bit amazing is the price. And in some ways, maybe this is a bargain. I mean, I'm curious as your take on this, uh, an MSRP of $179,000. I mean, certainly that's not cheap, but there are plenty of cars that cost more than that none that you and I are going to review or drive uh, in the near future. But, you know, what do you think about that, Chris?
1: Yeah, I mean, it costs more than a Tesla Model S Plaid. It costs more than uh, a Porsche Taycan or Taycan. Uh, But it's got better range and arguably better features, you know, interior space and all that stuff. So uh, I think for the right person, this could be, you know, I hate to use the word, but the right value maybe would be a good way to put that for them. But for me, the big, the halo car price tag just means that it's going to help Lucid build more everyday cars down the road, or at least that's the hope. Uh, so I guess I'm okay with the first few paying a couple hundred thousand dollars for their car.
0: Yeah, and will they? I mean, that's what I have to ask, too. I mean, we're still kind of looking for that. I guess you could say the Model 3 from Tesla is kind of a, uh, an affordable vehicle, certainly not uh, below the affordability of the median price level out there. Uh, And if you get one with any equipment on it, it's going to be way more than that. But I'm I'm wondering if that is Lucid's goal going forward or if they just want to live at the high end of the marketplace and just stay there. I mean, it's it's, maybe that's their business model. I'm, I'm not quite certain.
1: Yeah. And I mean, look, if they can deliver that sort of range, even 350 miles of range or so in a car that's a little bit cheaper with a little bit less performance and maybe luxury features taken out. Uh, get down a price point where, you know, more people can afford it. Not everybody, but, uh, you know, I think they'll do very well. And they may do very well at the top end of the market, too. You never know. It seems like they've sold out of everything they've made so far.
0: Right. And they haven't made too many, of course. Uh, One of the things interesting is the ultra-fast 900-volt-plus charging system. Uh, They say they can add 300 miles of range in 21 minutes using a specific fast charger, I mean, finding a fast charger like that uh, that is operating at, at full capacity <laughs> might be the challenge, but uh, in theory, uh, adding 300 miles of range in just uh, 21 minutes is uh, pretty appealing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I guess uh, maybe in your, con- your part of the, the country, waiting on other people to fill up their more slowly, slower charging EVs would be a little bit more annoying than filling up
0: this car. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of that going on, too. Um well, uh, switching gears quite a bit, uh, we're also going to see a 2023 Honda HRV. It's based on the 11th generation Civic. Of course, the HRV is kind of the, the tall version of the Civic in a lot of ways. It is supposed to have a more comfortable back seat, which is a good thing, and a larger cargo area. Those, those are the things that Honda is trying to entice us with there. Uh, what's your take on the new HRV?
1: I think being based on the new Civic is only going to help the the HRV. I think it's, you know, the new car's got a great uh, ride and and handling. So anything to sort of bring those aspects to a crossover uh, will do well. And I like the new styling, too. You know, the old one was a little rounded. It followed after the, the previous generation CRV. Uh, but this one looks a little bit like a Civic. So, uh, again, it only brings improvements there. So uh, I can't wait to get behind the wheel. I think, you know, the interior photos that, that came out earlier today, uh, look more upscale than before, and if the back seat's more comfortable, my kids will love it. So uh, I'm on board.
0: Yeah, I mean you're a back seat tester. You talk about back seats a lot, which is rightly so. I mean you've got kids, and you you talk about that, so uh, it makes sense that uh, a larger back seat would be more accommodating, and that's what that vehicle is for. Yeah, I'll take it. Here's another new one out there, and it is the Toyota BZ4X. Their battery electric SUV, they announced it in concept form, and I was on the event and uh, actually uh, took a gander at it. Uh, we didn't really get to drive them back in those days, but we did get to see it and hear about it, and, and now it's coming to market. This is another one in that uh, ilk of compact uh, crossover SUVs that uh, seems like <laughs> that seems like the happy hunting ground for EVs these days. We, you know, we see them from Hyundai and uh, from Kia as well. Uh, Kia EV6 and the Hyundai Ionic 5 are playing in the same sandbox here. Um, the BZ4X will have an MSRP of around 42000 bucks, and it will have up to 252 miles of range on a charge. Some of them will have less than that, and of course, uh, depending on the ambient temperature, et cetera, et cetera, they might have far less than that. Um, here's an interesting thing, I think, Chris, and I, I want you to comment on that. Toyota uh, says that the EPA uh, estimates that fuel cost savings over five years for this vehicle compared to the average new vehicle is up to $5,000. Uh, that sounds appealing, doesn't it?
1: It certainly does. I don't know what gas prices are doing uh, completely in your part of the country, but here they're over $5 a gallon for for premium. so... You know, I could see that adding up very quickly over time. You know, I wish the range was a little bit better. 252 for the base front-wheel drive model uh, may not be the best for some people, but it's not awful. It's it's better than a lot of uh, competitors, and the price is not uh, exceedingly expensive. So you know, we'll have to see what kind of uh, credits come on that. Right.
0: Well, and you, you speak about the price, and kind of that's the, that's why I smile when I say you save. Five thousand dollars in fuel prices, but you're probably paying ten or fifteen thousand dollars more than you would pay for a conventional vehicle of the same size. Maybe ten grand more, at least. So if you save five but spend ten, hmm, where are you? Uh, I'm wondering. I think if you're going to buy an electric vehicle, it's because you want an electric vehicle as opposed to the fact that you're going to save money by buying one.
1: Yeah, and the RAV4 Prime does just about as much for most people, at least if they have a shorter commute, and it's a little bit cheaper to start. So there are other options, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be available in several flavors, and uh, as we say, about the same size as uh, competitors like the EV6. It will have a giant uh, 12.3-inch widescreen multimedia system, This is the new system uh, that's designed by Toyota. I think they were (laughs) sick of people complaining about their infotainment systems, and they put together a uh, connected technologies team to design new infotainment systems, and they've done so. And I think they've done a a marvelous job. The ones I've seen have been excellent. What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think it was about time. You know, I've complained about it to you, and I'm a big Toyota fanboy. Uh, anything to improve the interface, make it more intuitive and less distracting while you're driving uh, is a big, big plus in my book.
0: Well, let's talk about another vehicle out there introduced at the uh, New York show, and that's the Kia Nero. It introduced in three separate variants, as it, it has had before. This is the all-new version of the Nero. It is in uh, conventional form, a plug-in hybrid form, and an all-electric form. I'm sorry, it's in hybrid, plug-in hybrid, and all-electric variants is what it is available as, and It has range of about 250 miles. Maybe they're singing from the same songbook there. Uh, I'm not sure. That seems like about a sweet spot, though, that uh, companies are coming in at, looking at 250 miles of range as being the right number. I'm not certain that they're right, but uh, I'm curious as to what you think about that, Chris.
1: I think it's fine if the price tag is right. And I think that people going into this realize that 250 miles of range does not mean they're going to drive 250 miles, fill up really quick, and then hop right back on the road. Uh, but you know, I mean, for the the Nero, it's always been a little bit uh, less expensive than some of the other models on there out there, uh, and it's got good space and other things that would probably make it compelling for other reasons. I think so. Uh, 250 may be enough for that one.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to me that they have the EV6 and then the Nero uh, EV uh, seem in a lot of ways similar in size similar in scope or uh, capabilities, but Uh, way different. I mean, the Nero is uh, kind of an add-on EV. Obviously, it's available in other other variants that are not strictly electric vehicles, and I think that's uh, kind of a big difference between it and the EV6, for example. A lot going on this week, New York Auto Show Week, and uh, when we come back, we will be road testing some vehicles. So stay with us for that right here on America on the Road. Welcome back to America on the Road with Christine Jackie Red with you. It is road test time and interesting road test vehicles we have for you, including one of the least expensive uh, vehicles available in the United States and maybe one of the best values too. Chris, you were driving the Ford Maverick pickup truck. Tell us about that, would you?
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed my time with the Ford Maverick. And actually, when this thing came out, I put a reservation down for one, but uh, I ended up canceling it when I bought a different car. But in any case... Ford offers the truck. So, first of all, this is the smallest truck Ford sells right now. It's a it's you call it a compact pickup truck, I guess. Um, it starts at $21,490, which is for the XL trim. That's the version that I tested. That includes destination. Uh, and you get a very functional truck with plenty of technology and things that, that people really like. The mid-range XLT trim starts at 28, or I'm sorry, 23,855, and the top Lariat trim starts at 27355 Now, you and I have talked about this a little bit, Jack, and I'll get your opinion on it in just a minute. But Ford offers two powertrains in this truck. Uh, The base powertrain, if you want to call it that, is a hybrid powertrain. It uses a 2.5-liter four-cylinder engine and an electric motor. Uh, They make a combined 191 horsepower. Uh, The optional powertrain, or the more expensive, I guess, powertrain, is a 2.0-liter four-cylinder engine with a 250-horsepower output, and it's paired with an eight-speed automatic transmission. And I don't know if you've driven the, the Maverick yet, Jack, but I have to say spending a week in a front-wheel drive truck is a, a revelation to me, and it has done so far everything that I've asked it to do. What are your thoughts on the sort of, uh, I won't call them lesser, but the softer pickup trucks, the body-on-frame that we see from Honda and others?
0: I actually like this unibody pickup truck uh, from Ford. I think it's a, a pretty cool vehicle. I don't think it's intended for truck buyers you know, the quote-unquote truck buyer. I think it's intended for people who are for the first time considering a truck Uh, with the Maverick where they might have bought a a smaller sport utility, but like the open bed and and the versatility that offers. I think the fact that this comes with a hybrid powertrain uh, as the base powertrain is also good. I've I've driven both versions of this vehicle, and I certainly like the the more powerful version, of course, but uh, there's a lot to like about the fuel economy and just overall economy of this with the hybrid. I think it's a, a heck of a bargain.
1: Yeah, you can't argue with 42 miles per gallon city from a pickup truck. That's really, really tough to beat. So I could really see this being uh, a huge boon for fleet operators and things like that. And for people like me who don't drive that much but who need a truck occasionally. Uh, And as I said, it's got plenty of things that that people would really like. So inside, it's got an 8-inch touchscreen. It runs Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Uh, It does have a digital screen in the gauge cluster, though um, a larger uh, version is available. Mine came with a 4.2-inch screen in the gauge cluster, a 6.5-inch Uh, Screen is available. There's no cruise control in this base model. There's no Sirius XM radio no no uh, HD radio anything like that Uh, But what I will say is it's perfectly fine for cruising around town with the kids in the car We usually listen to a podcast on Apple music uh, So we don't have any issues with functionality in the infotainment screen This truck has uh, bucket seats up front a bench seat in back. It's four doors Uh, My tester had cloth upholstery it's not the nicest cloth upholstery, but I think if you're going to be out working in this truck or taking it off-road, uh, which you might not with front-wheel drive, but if you're taking it off in the trails or using it for utility work, you're going to want that uh, cloth upholstery so if you know you don't have to damage the leather that you spent much more money on. Uh, I think Ford's done a really good job, Jack, and I'll get your opinion on this, too. With utility and flexibility in this truck, uh, the bed features multiple tie-down points, several ways to customize. You can cut your own uh, racks out of wood and install them, and the interior has various... Upgrades and uh, things that you can 3D print hooks and clips to make the inside more useful. What do you think about this, Jack? This is like software updates for a vehicle, although it's a hardware update, I guess is a better way to say it. What do you think about Ford's move?
0: I think it's really ingenious, and I think it makes a lot of sense, especially for this customer. I mean, a customer might be stretching to buy a new vehicle uh, anyway, and then the ability to build your own. Uh, customized racks, bicycle racks, uh, you know, other things, uh, you know, surfboard racks, a bunch of different things that you can you know, do, a multi-level bed. I, I think it just makes all the sense in the world. I think it's, it's quite ingenious, and uh, I think it gets people into the vehicle in a way that they wouldn't otherwise be into it.
1: I agree. They've built this truck to the market that they wanted to serve, and I think it does a good job uh, for that. And just to cap things off, I will say that this truck has a payload capacity of 1,500 pounds and a maximum towing of 2,000 pounds. That's for the hybrid model. Uh, The EcoBoost EcoBoost model can tow more with an available package. But 2,000 pounds is enough for me, and I suspect most other people, too. Not work truck buyers, though. I will will stipulate that. But uh, all around, Jack, I came away impressed.
0: Yeah, and I was impressed as well. So I'm right with you. I think the uh, Ford Maverick is is a steal. And I think, unfortunately, you're going to be hard-pressed to find one as a buyer these days, at least a hybrid model. But uh, look around, because I think uh, a lot to like about that that vehicle. And I think over the years, it will increase in value. It'll be a good thing. Well, I had the chance to drive at least 600 miles a long, long way in the Toyota 4Runner TRD Pro That's their heavy-duty off-road version of the 4Runner. Of course, the 4Runner is a separate body-on-frame, essentially the uh, Tacoma pickup truck with an enclosed body on it, uh, and uh, has been around for 40 years. uh, One of the original SUVs from Toyota, and uh, still very popular, but uh, maybe not as popular these days as the Highlander or some of the more uh, on-road-oriented vehicles. This is the fifth generation of the 4Runner, And to tell you the truth, I liked it a lot. I was surprised how tractable and comfortable it was on a lot of uh, highway driving that I did. I did tons of highway driving at uh, 70 miles an hour plus, of course, perfectly legal at 70 mile uh, mile an hour plus, uh, various roads in California. Between Southern California and Central California is where I took this vehicle. There's some new stuff uh, this, this year in the TRD Pro, including a multi-terrain monitor. This uses cameras so the driver can check where you are on the trail. This was unnecessary for me on the 101 freeway going up to Central California, but uh, is very, very useful on the trail. So I think it's a nice addition. The TRD Pro has a lot of great uh, off-road bells and whistles on it. One of the things that I like too is the fact that it has uh, Toyota Safety Sense P uh, that has a Pre-collision system with pedestrian detection. It's always good to detect those pedestrians and not run into them. Lane departure alert. Sway warning system, because this can do uh, a reasonable amount of towing. I think about 5,000 pounds of towing, which is good. Automatic high beams and uh, dynamic radar cruise control, adapted cruise control. um, Useful uh, on the highway, certainly. This is a, a beefy vehicle, 270 horsepower, 4 liter V6 engine plenty of torque, reasonable get-up-and-go. It's not the fastest vehicle. It is a body-on-frame vehicle, as I think I mentioned. It has a five-speed automatic transmission. That seems old school. Uh, what's your take on on all this? What's your take on the Forerunner, Chris?
1: There's a part of me that loves things that are slightly past their prime but still very serviceable in the world, and I think the Toyota Forerunner is one of those. I thought you know, were
0: describing me there, Chris.
1: <laughs> well, after today, me too, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know. No, the... Five-speed gearbox, yeah. Eight or, could it use eight or nine gears? Yes. Could it use a little bit more efficient engine? Yes. Uh, could it use a better ride? Absolutely. But it's one of the few SUVs that is legitimately comfortable on the road, as you mentioned, uh, but then is also extremely capable off-road. Uh, and Toyota has done enough over the years with the technology and comfort to, to upgrade it. So um, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Toyota fanboy either. I do actually really think the Forerunner is still a solid pick uh, for the right person.
0: Oh, and I think you're a fanboy because Toyota makes great products and you like them so there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that I you know I like Toyota products too the uh, TRD Pro has a four-wheel drive system part-time four-wheel drive system with action active traction control uh, it's a, a two-speed system and has a two-speed transfer case, actually. That's not a two-speed system. It has five speeds in the automatic transmission and then a two-speed transfer case, to make that clear. Selectable low range. I didn't require that on the 101 freeway either. It also has an electronic locking rear diff, which is good, and the crawl control feature. This is kind of like cruise control for extremely low speeds and allows you to concentrate on steering and and missing the tree and the boulder and stuff like that as opposed to uh, having to monitor uh, your your gas pedal and brake at the same time. It has the multi-terrain monitor that I mentioned to allow you to check all uh, the things that are around you. And it's cool looking. Uh, The vehicle we had has the exclusive to the TRD Pro Lime Rush color. This really assaults your eyeballs. (laughs) Uh, You either love it or hate it. Oddly, when we were driving around, we saw one exactly like it. Uh, Our doppelganger was in a parking lot in uh, San Luis Obispo. It was kind of amazing to see the exact same vehicle with the exact same color, exact same equipment, all that. It has TRD alloy wheels, and uh, we had talked about uh, these more high-profile tires. It says Nitto Terror Grappler tires. Uh, what's your take on uh, the look of these tires? Uh, I think we both mentioned that uh, we're kind of digging this these days.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan of the big the big tires, uh, especially the all-terrain tires. Uh, you know, low-profile used to be the way to go. I think I mentioned this. You know, in high school we try to get the the thinnest tire possible on the wheel, but Uh, my older age and my older back have led me to like the ride quality and the looks of the more sidewall.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I really like the wheels and the the black wheels with this lime green. I mean, if you're going to have lime green, I'm not sure I would actually buy one in that color, but it does stand out. That's for certain. Um, Underneath you have a quarter inch thick aluminum skid plate so that's that's cool. Uh, the roof rack is amazing. <laughs> this is a roof rack beyond all roof racks. Uh, you know, Very impressive. Looks kind of like a, a Land Rover roof rack from, from days gone by. And at the same time, a lot of luxury features. The uh, heating and ventilating controls are like those in the limited grade. It has a moon roof, which we had to adjust a few times to get the wind noise to go away, and uh, a big stereo. So just uh, overall, we spent a lot of time in this off-road vehicle on the road, which isn't necessarily its element, but it uh, acquitted itself very, very well, and I was impressed. So, as an all-around vehicle, this is a vehicle I'd I'd like to have. I think it's it's pretty cool. I love the off-road prowess of this thing. I love the fact that it's separate body on frame. I, there's just a lot to like about the Toyota 4Runner TRD Pro.
1: I'll agree with you there. Well, I'm glad.
0: And when we come back, our special guest will be Christina Vazendani. She is a Volvo senior product manager and expert on the all-new C40 Recharge EV, quite the opposite of the Toyota 4Runner TRD Pro. So we'll talk with her after this. Stay with us right here on America on the Road. Welcome back, everybody, to America on the Road, Jackie Red, with you. And we are uh, above Palm Springs, California. If you hear a little uh, tinkle in the background, it's a, it's a pool. We're in a, a, a very elite, cool place uh, with Christina Vasandani of uh, Volvo uh, talking about the C40 Recharge. Um, number one, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. Give our listeners uh, kind of a thumbnail sketch of the vehicle we, we've driven today.
2: I'm happy to. The C40 Recharge, it's our first electric only uh, car. Uh, it's a crossover. This is a brand new vehicle for model year 22 for us and it ha- comes with a beautiful, bold exterior design. Uh, today I know you saw a lot of blue, so all the cars were on the drive were the new color Fjord blue on the exterior and the so it's Fjord
0: blue, not Ford blue, right?
2: Fjord, yes. yes, correct. What's unique with this vehicle, not only does it have unique styling from an exterior standpoint, but as you enter the car inside that same Fjord blue is following you inside the vehicle and What's uh, brand new for for Volvo is our leather-free interior in this car. So we're not using leather on the seats, gear knobs, steering wheels. Uh, it's based on recycled materials and recyclable materials. You know, this car is really a testament to our uh, commitment to elef- electrification and sustainability. And, and we feel this customer is an EV customer who's ready to... Um, Make that same commitment of driving with zero emissions, but also thinking beyond just the emissions uh, in purchasing a car. It's uh, <laughs> I think we're 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 thinking also about the the footprint when when in in farming, if you will, and sometimes you also um, think about the forest that maybe. I
0: mean, it's, well, let's talk about the driving experience.
2: I think it's first of all super fun, right? Um, I think that's uh, what I would describe driving the C40 Recharge. It's just a really fun driving experience. I think customers who are not um, haven't driven an EV before, they will be thrilled by that um, power that's available just from the start.
0: Yeah, As I the mean there's power available instantly it seems like as you get into the accelerator there's just more and more and more power. It's applied smoothly and silently. It's just a much better experience in a lot of ways, in virtually every way, I think than a, a gasoline-powered car.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think this is the future.
0: And so it's the future for more than emissions. It's the future, you know, perhaps for people who don't even care about emissions, but who who just want, you know, a silent, easy-to-drive car, right? Definitely. Yeah. Let's talk about the interior. Uh, One of the things that you've done, uh, Volvo has done, is associate with Google. Walk us through that whole thing because I think it's quite exciting what you've done with Google.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as Volvo was um, building the strategy and and thinking about uh, working on the next generation infotainment system, we really started with the customer. We wanted to make sure we build the next system around our customer for an intuitive and safe driving experience and we found a partner that really helped us do that uh, uh, in the c40 recharge and that is google so it's bringing a best-in-class digital assistant best-in-class navigation system into the car uh, and it's adapted for automotive, and it's specifically adapted for our Volvo cars. So it really brings uh, a very unique experience to, to our customers, and they're able to take something that everybody's using today on a mobile device, uh, and you can use it seamlessly in our vehicles.
0: Right, I mean, a lot of us uh, journalists have had problems with voice activation of, of systems going forward and it's just not understanding us very well and then you you know you shout at it uh, as if <laughs> that's going to help you know you raise your voice to you do weird things. With Google Assistant uh, it seems like that's essentially solved. I mean there was no misunderstanding you speak in natural uh, voice. Uh, tell us about that.
2: Yeah and uh, that is why Google Assistant is is such an important part of um, this integration in this system because you no longer have to memorize all these phrases to activate let's say the seat heater or your climate or if you want to listen to some of the media apps available in the car you can do so just by saying hey Google
0: right and it has applications in safety too and of course Volvo is known for safety but being able to voice activate so many of these systems rather than looking down on the dash and, you know, trying to find a touch screen and all that, it it does have safety ramifications, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. And that's really why we wanted to ensure that we provided a very strong um, voice assistant in the car. So the customer can really focus on driving, keeping hands on the steering wheel, eyes on the
0: road. Let's talk about the overall owning experience. I mean, a lot of people concentrate on, on range, charge time, o- uh, those things. We probably should talk about those. But there's more to owning an electric than just that. And it's not really analogous to a gasoline vehicle. But walk us through the whole thing, would you?
2: Owning a pure electric uh, vehicle, it's it's definitely changing the way that we normally do things. You no longer have to go regularly to the gas station. It's uh, changing the behavior to to use charging, right? And we know that the majority of our customers will charge at home. uh, But we also um, know that customers may need to charge along a trip and stop and that's why we have partnerships today with both ChargePoint and Electrify America so that our customers have access to a, a national network of public charging Uh, but for those that do um, want the home charging experience and have the ability to install um, a home charger we we have a partnership with ChargePoint in this case um, where they provide um, we have a wall box offer and an installation partner in Q Merit to make this experience easy for our customers. Yeah.
0: and once they have that, once, uh, once the person has the ability to charge at home, as you say, you're never going to the gas station, you're essentially starting with the equivalent of a full tank of gas every day. And it's, in a lot of ways, a much better experience. I mean, I, we all, even though it only takes five or ten minutes at a gas station i think most of us kind of dislike doing that right so the ability to avoid that is is very very nice when you're on the highway uh, when you're going cross country on those you know every once in a while kind of things uh what's the charging time like well you know the fast charging and how 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 quickly can you get up to a, a particular level of charge that kind of thing
2: on the road you have the dc charging network the fast charging network and that our vehicle supports so you can get up to um, 80 percent in about 40 minutes, I believe.
0: Right, and so you've partnered with uh, Starbucks. It might take you, well, maybe it's two cups of coffee at Starbucks if you're g- going to be there 40 minutes. But uh, you know that going forward is going to be a logical place, I think, to uh, do some charging. Right.
2: Absolutely, and it's it's thinking about the new behavior of consumers, what they may need, what they may want to do a refreshment of course uh, a pick-me-up is uh, a great way to to spend the time while your car is charging another one is also to stay entertained and stay in the car we have announced earlier this year that uh, video capability will be available when the car is parked and you're uh, charging oh, nice, yeah. So yeah. You can watch, watch a TV video. show yeah
0: watch a, watch a half hour show or something like that yeah and move on. What kind of range, what's the EPA range of? Uh, it's C-40
2: 226 miles. Is 226 the miles. So. The estimated range.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, that can change, right? I mean, uh, behavior will make a change. You might get less, you m- might hypermile, yeah. and then perhaps get more, depending on what you're doing. And uh, weather has something to do with it, too, doesn't it?
2: Definitely. Uh, as you know, Running air conditioning, for example, can, you know, it takes power and energy, and that can, of course, affect uh, your range. Uh, The geography or topography or or where you're driving will affect. It can depend on also how many weights, for example, how many people you have in the car. So there's a variety Choose wisely. That's
0: what I say. You know, don't just take random people. Take people you like. Yeah. Leave everybody else at home somewhere else. uh, To you, what is the most exciting, coolest, just neatest thing about uh, the C40 Recharge?
2: To me, it's it's all about inside the car. I think it's the driving experience of just being in this beautiful car as well as the combination of having um, our infotainment powered by Google.
0: I mean, you don't even turn this car on, right? You, it kind of turns itself on. It senses when you've sat yeah, down, Yeah, it correct? has
2: sensors in the front driver's seat.
0: Right. And then when you get up, it, I guess it senses that you've left. Correct. Yeah. If it would give you a fond goodbye, that would be even nicer. <laughs> but maybe, maybe that's uh, version two. Anything else you think our listeners should know about the C40 Recharge? I guess maybe pricing would be uh, a logical yeah. thing to talk about. Uh,
2: we this car comes pretty much fully equipped. Um, it's a single
0: spec car. Single
2: right? spec car. Uh, its starting price is fifty eight thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. Um, the only option we have is the color. So metallic paint adds uh, a little extra.
0: Right. And and this car still qualifies for the seventy five hundred dollar federal tax credit. If you, as a taxpayer, qualify for that tax credit. exactly, How close is Volvo to the edge there? How many, uh, uh, you know, a a company I think gets 200,000 or something like that sales before they lose the ability to offer that tax credit. Are you anywhere near that?
2: I can't tell you exactly how close we are, but we have a way to go. Um,
0: So I'm I'm suggesting people run out and buy a C40 recharge right now to make certain that they get that.
2: I credit. agree. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it will come to Volvo dealers. Uh, well, uh, tell us about the ordering process. There's yeah. more to th- there's more to it than that, isn't there?
2: Uh, the C40 recharge is available for our customers to order online. So there, you you add the color you want, and and they can then after the car is delivered or. When the car arrives here, it's delivered to their preferred Volvo retailer.
0: So it will go to a dealership for delivery. Yes. It's not going to show up necessarily in their driveway, no, no. although it will perhaps go to the th- retailer. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense, and you you want that, uh, I think, interaction with that that retailer who's nearby. Yeah. Although this is a vehicle that probably takes a lot less service than the typical uh, internal combustion engine car, too, right?
2: It does. However, service is included, so we have uh, a special offer that comes standard on our pure electric vehicles. It's called the Care Offer. So it includes factory schedule maintenance. It includes wear coverage. Uh, this uh, is provided for four years or up to 40,000 miles. And then, of course, the regular factory uh, right. warranty.
0: And this, but this is different than the subscription care service or not yes it's different different
2: um it also includes charging so it includes 250 kilowatt um, hours of charging
0: at those various outlets uh,
2: with electrify america cool cool
0: well thanks so much for being with us we really do appreciate you uh telling us all about the uh, volvo c40 we appreciate you being with us. thanks for having me and stay with us we'll be right back right here on america on the road Welcome back to America on the Road with Christine, Jack D. Redd with you. And is our final segment of the week. Uh, it's always sad to come to the final segment because I love talking with Chris about cars and a lot going on New York Auto Show week uh, this week. But uh, here is a question about auto shows as well. This is uh, listener question time. And this listener question is from Irv in Gary, Indiana. He says this. Last week, you said the Beijing auto show was being canceled, but the New York show was going on as planned. I love auto shows, and I'm wondering whether they will continue to take place. What do you think?
1: Well, I think New York starting uh, is a good, a good start to to use the same word twice. Uh, but I'll also say that the situation could change rapidly. You never know uh, when mask mandates are going to change again, or what's going to happen with the pandemic if it's going to continue, if it's going to stop. Uh, so I think it's it could be touch and go for a while. You know, I think we're looking at L.A. later this year, and and we'll hopefully be able to. I hopefully will be able to get out of Maine to go visit that, but. Uh, you know, I think New York is a good, a good uh, barometer, uh, if you want to put it that way, to see how things pan out. What do you think, Jack?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I attended the Chicago Auto Show. It was a reasonable auto show. The Los Angeles Auto Show last fall was actually a, a pretty substantial. Uh, auto Show, and I have been speaking with the Los Angeles Auto Show people again this year. I know that they're gung-ho about a terrific show going forward. That is where the North American Car of the Year uh, finalists are announced, and we expect to do that again this year. So I'm thinking we're going to have a robust Auto Show season going forward, uh, you know, barring some kind of recurrence of pandemic or uh, recurrence of panic regarding that. And uh We'll just have to see how that unfolds. But uh, I think the auto show business should be vibrant going forward. I think it's a great place for uh, people to spend time with the family, look at cars with no pressure. It's just all around a pretty good thing. And Chris, thanks so much for being with us uh, again this week. Uh, Glad to have you back. And uh, always great to talk with you about cars.
1: Thank you for having me, Jack. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I will say, as I always do, if you like what you heard and you want to take us with you, head to sportsmapradio.com. Check us out on the Saturday morning schedule between 7 and 8 a.m., And there you can find our podcast both on Apple and on, uh, well, and the recorded version as well from our radio show.
0: Right. And our thanks to the SportsMap Radio Network stations for carrying America on the Road. We appreciate that. And most of all, we appreciate you being with us to listen to us on America on the Road. We, We love chatting about cars and you're the reason we do that. So thanks for being with us and join us again next time for another edition of America on the Road. America on the Road is brought to you by Mercury Insurance and DrivingToday.com. If you're looking to save some money, you should switch to Mercury for your auto and home insurance. Californians save an average of $670 with Mercury, so imagine how much you could save. Get a quote today at MercuryInsurance.com.